Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hi folks, Jeffrey here. We want to take a moment to talk about another audio fiction podcast today. That's Valence from Hughouse Productions. Valence is an urban fantasy podcast that focuses on themes of trauma, queer identity, rebellion, found family, and hope. So, if you like both the strange goings-on and the exploration of complicated family dynamics and unwell, you should check out Valence. Find them wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Valence, that's V-A-L-E-N-C-E, or on social media at ValencePod. I'm hardly an expert. If anyone is qualified to help me right now... Abby, I can't give you career advice. I don't have a career. I have a string of choices that I made based on chance, convenience, and not wanting to get bit by an alpaca again. Don't hide your light under a bushel. It's annoying. I've seen your resume, Lily. You've been hired for over a dozen customer service jobs. Hasn't everyone? Literally every paying job I've ever had has involved a desk, an office basement, and screens filled with spreadsheets. I am profoundly out of my depth here. It's not a skill, it's a numbers game. If you apply for enough stuff, eventually you get something. Lily. Yeah? Why do you want to work here? What? Thanks for coming in for this job interview today, Ms. Harper. What made you apply to work at Hunter's 24-Hour Diner? Uh... Hypothetically. Hypothetically? Yes. Let's see. Well, for one thing, I'm passionate about good food and great service. I really believe that the right meal can brighten a person's day and that the little touches make a difference. I love what you've created here and I want to be a part of it. Case in point, all I had was because rent cost money. 
You just tell them what they want to hear. You get into their heads. Sure, if you feel like framing it in the creepiest way possible. I don't want to be in their heads. I barely want to be in their diner. Then don't do this. At least don't do it alone. Nobody's asking you to. You and Dot have your hands full trying to resolve your sexist loophole debt. Wes is... Dead? How much solid proof do we have of that? Do you want me to describe what it was like in his house again? Does that automatically point to dead? Certainly something opaque is happening with him. I'd say otherworldly, but how otherworldly can he be when he's never even been to Julian? Really? And you probably hate words like... I do, but Julian is only 40 minutes away. He's seriously never been. I don't know if it's that weird. I don't think he drives. Until we have a larger sample size, everything and nothing is significant. Point being, something is happening with Wes. And Rudy is occupied by the observatory repair. And the general business of being a gormless dissembling turncoat. Just because Chester said Rudy's working with them. It fits too well. Ever since he got deep into the observatory problem, Rudy's been avoiding both text and eye contact. Dot says he turned down pigs in a blanket the other day. Pigs in a blanket, Lily. And, in the meantime, we know something's going on at the diner. We know it's something the Delphics don't understand or approve of. Someone needs to look into this now. Tell them you're a people person. What? In the job interview, find some way to slip in how much you love people. Greatest asset, why you left your last job, why you want this job. Something. And... Say it with a straight face? Hell, say it with a smile. Whoever made you believe customer service wasn't a skill should be drawn and quartered. I am a people person. I am a people person. I love working with people. I just, I love working with people, you know? I love helping people. I love serving people food! People person. People person. My greatest ambition in life is to hand someone a slice of pie. Hey, Abby. Uh, Rudy wants to know how much longer you'll be in there. Tell Rudy to ask me himself. And also to fuck off. yourself. Hi there. My name is Abby Douglas, and actually I'm dropping off my resume. One moment. Uh. Sure thing. Hello, I am the proprietor here. You wish to become a waitress? The gender-neutral equivalent, yes. Server. Of course. Can you work nights? Yes. Are you squeamish? No. Come back tonight at ten. For a job interview? Here you are. Your shirt, hat, apron, and name tag. Pants are not provided. Jeans are not acceptable. And are your shoes washable? I have no reason to believe they aren't. Excellent. Ten. What the hell? Project Hunters, day one, night one. Seat yourself. 
Weren't you here 12 hours ago? Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Abby Douglas. It's my first day of work here. I work here, I think. Punch in and out over there. Pardon me, ah. but I can't help noticing it's 10.01. I walked in the door at 10. Ah, yes. But unfortunately, you did clock in at 10.01. There are no customers. There was no material loss of work from me in the maybe 15 seconds it took for me to get from the door to the punch card machine. Certainly, of course. Don't do it again. The menu! Familiarize yourself. It is 5.30 in the morning and I am driving home for my first shift. Note, if the diner is beyond the purview of the Delphic Order, does that mean we can safely rule out any customers from membership? If we can safely assume that eating in the diner disqualifies someone as a possible order member, does it follow that they can also be trusted? I should keep careful track of who comes in and out, but I can't take extensive notes while I'm inside. Note, the Hunter's Scrambled Breakfast and the Hunter's Breakfast Scrambler are two separate dishes. The mushroom burger is not a burger made of mushrooms. It is a burger topped with mushrooms because, of course, it is. No substitutions on combo platters. My feet hurt more than my feet have ever hurt in my life. You'd think deep shag carpeting would be forgiving to walk on, but you'd be wrong. Shag forgives nothing. Orange shag, especially. The jukebox is broken. It accepts quarters, but serves no other function. The jukebox is a large, elaborate, neon piggy bank. The other server controls the radio. Although the DJ kept announcing different song titles and artist names, I would swear on a stack of law books that the radio played only one track the entire night. Further observations are inconclusive so far. Unsurprising. My next shift is in 16 hours. yourself. I work here. The name tag and polyester shirt are not for kicks. One minute early. Nine seconds by my watch, which is synced with the world clock. Don't pad your time. What's in a hunter's ham combo platter? Smoked ham, cured ham, and smoked and cured ham. Sides are? Bacon, or something called... Meat tots. And meat tots contain? That's proprietary. Table two wants coffee. Nobody is at table two. Table two will want coffee. How many cups? Hmm. Two. Night two. Day two. Whatever. The roads are empty. The traffic lights reflect on the bare pavement as they cycle through their colors as if talking to themselves. 
When I was a kid and I was the only one in the room, I used to play a game with myself where I would try to prove to myself that other people existed. It's more fun than it sounds, but... Celery. Spicy. Celery. It's just you and me, Abby. Night three. Monday night. Business is excruciatingly slow to the point where you start wiping the counters for entertainment. Currently, I'm on my smoke break. It's probably a matter of time before they realize I don't smoke. Now and then, I recognize the face of someone from that racist farce of a town pageant last summer. My understanding was that the show was put on by the order. Is there something to investigate in the contradiction? A low-level rebellion by the rank and file? Or is there a tiered system to who in the order gets what information? Maybe they're simply not members. I could find their names if they paid with a card, but Hunter's is cash only. There's still nobody sitting at table two. Even when the place is otherwise full, table two is a bald patch in a sea of customers. All of the pies and cakes rotate in their tube-like cases. They look like they're on a spit, like euros, although since they're not cooking, I can't think of any practical reason to keep them turning. Is food considered more appetizing when it spins? They unfailingly move clockwise. I like imagining the day this was standardized. Was there a counterclockwise contingent in bitter opposition? We like to imagine that history tracks a sort of idealized global mental evolution, that only the worthiest ideas get passed on to the next generation, but it's just as likely to be random chance which concepts succeed and which are left behind. There's an arrogance to over-applying cause and effect to the actions of your predecessors. Or your own. I'm not sure what I'm doing here. I think I assumed that all of my unresolved questions would unravel neatly into one data point that Hazel and Chester's objections to the diner would tie back to the nature of what's going on with Wes and the other people here who don't seem dead but also can't be alive. Mount Absalom is the only town I know of that faces either issue. Ergo, those issues are connected. It felt like what Rudy would have incorrectly called Occam's razor. But... But how can you decide what's genuinely simple and what's only trying to appear straightforward? Maybe there's an arrogance there, too. My hair smells like meat. Rudy would have found this whole adventure thrilling. That isn't... I don't miss him. That's just an observation. It is time to marry the ketchups. What? Some of the table bottles are getting low. Refill them with other ketchup. That's a strangely alloromantic term for such a prosaic task. I can't help but notice there are fewer bottles than there were. Somebody has been filching. The ketchup. It is illegal to steal from one's employer. Are you trying to imply it was an inside job? It would be a true shame if it were. I'm more of a mustard person. Is it a health code violation to do this? How do we know the ketchup on the bottom is still new enough to safely consume? Customers prefer a full bottle. Do customers prefer condiment-borne food poisoning? Great. I sound like Lily. You. Break time. Abby. 
I will be keeping an eye on the sauces. Back soon. Any other station? You know what? I'll take it. A group of maybe two dozen undergrad students just left. There's no medium amount of busy here. Either every booth is empty, or 20 people want onion rings, deluxe burgers, and a frankly baffling assortment of beverages at once. It's as if they're bussed in from somewhere. Is there something opaque about that? Something mysterious? Or is that just the nature of customer service? It's almost uncanny hearing diurnal bird calls when it's this dark out. Still an improvement, though. exactly one customer. He is asleep, face down in his mashed turkey. The other server is still gone, the proprietor is in his office, and the cook has been staring straight ahead at the empty range for 15 minutes. I wouldn't promise that he's blinking. Time for a minor coup. I'm sitting down. Human music. For humans. By humans. What? Can I get you anything else? More mashed turkey? A napkin? I'd, uh, take a date for this weekend. Anything vaguely in the realm of attainable? See if I tip you. I don't need your uncomfortably damp and warm singles. Then why even work here? Life is full of mysteries, huh? Hey, I think table two wants... Coffee, I know. Table two wants to order. Oh. Of course. Hi there. Welcome to Hunter's. What can I get you? Oh, uh, yeah. Burger, I guess. Are you waiting on someone? What? The other coffee. Oh, no. Uh, I guess I was um, just thirsty. All right. Can I get you anything else? Burger, two coffees? Uh, fries, if it's not too much trouble? Minimal trouble. I'd rather fetch fries than keep marrying the ketchups. <laughs> How do you even know the ketchup's straight? What? Marrying the ketchup, but sorry, it's a dumb joke. Same-sex marriage has been legal on a federal level since 2015. <laughs> well, for cry I. <laughs> um, what year is it? What's the last year you remember? Oh, a little rude to ask someone how old they are. <laughs> so, are you new to town, sir? No, no, uh, been here a while now. And, um, have you heard of Fenwood House? I have... Can you help jog my memory? Oh, out at the edge of town? Boarding house run by a, a fellow named Grant? Is it? Nice place. Keeps me busy. I handle repairs. When things need repairing. Do you know Lily Harper? Dottie and Dale's little girl? <laughs> Those two have their hands full with that one. <laughs> right. Uh, will you stay right there? Um, yeah, not sure where else I'd be. A hamburger and fries for table two? The music is wrong! Hey, where's... What happened to table two? Dine and dash! But I only looked away for a second. 
What happened to the pies? What? They're all turning in the other direction. His order comes out of your paycheck. Okay. We have a lead! What are you doing up so early? I thought you had work tonight. I did. I haven't slept. Why the recorder?
prior to Hunter's land had been vacant for at least 25 years. Earlier maps of the town show that it was, at various times, a saloon, a soda fountain, a cafeteria, and in the mid-1970s, a fast food place called the Hambury. The local paper ran a human interest piece when it opened. Hard to tell with the photographic quality, but the decor bears a strong resemblance to Hunter's, which is a better explanation for the dark paneling and shag than any I can find. Can buildings be ghosts, too? It would explain Wes's house. I'm not naive enough to ask whether places can die. I've studied American small towns too long for that. Another shift in 12 hours. I cannot tell if time passes differently inside the diner or if that's just a side effect of seven and a half hours on your feet. are spinning counterclockwise again. Hello, Tim. Evening. Burger and fries? Why not? I'll be right back. Burger and fries for table two. Can I get you a warmer on your coffee? Oh, that'd be great, thanks. And on the other coffee? Uh, not sure if I'm waiting on someone or not. Would you like to sit down? I would. So. Hmm. How do you like Mount Absalom? Oh, it's a breath of fresh air. I always preferred small towns over cities. I visited a friend once who did her master's at OSU. Columbus itself was fine, but the campus is uniquely charmless. <laughs> Not like Mount A. You never miss the book loft? The what? The book loft. In German Village. They converted a 32-room mansion into a bookstore. It's memorable. <sighs> Sounds like it. Except you don't remember? What's German Village? You lived in Columbus for over a decade, and you don't know German Village? Well, seems like I don't. <laughs> Where's Columbus? Where did you live before you lived here? Well, let's see. I came in, must have been summer 71. <laughs> Just in time for Celery Fest, as it happened. <laughs> That's not what I asked. It's all a little hazy. Like developing film, before the picture comes into focus? I have literally only ever used digital cameras. Uh, kids and your gadgets. <laughs> Tim, have you ever been to Julian? Where? Could you leave Mount Absalom if you wanted to? <laughs> Why would I want to? I've got everything I need right here. <laughs> well, not in the diner, but you know. <laughs> oh, you should have seen Fenwood House when I first moved in. Raccoons in the attic, possums in the basement. Grant has a lot of good qualities, but the home maintenance, <laughs> that just isn't one of them. And the radiator, Jesus, hissing and clanging like Jacob Marley's ghost. Wait, 
That's fixable? Oh, yeah. Oh, you just shim up the low end so you don't get water trapped in there. It's the water that causes the problem. Loose steam, you know. You listen hard, nine times out of ten, an old house will tell you what it needs. Houses having their own will. You sound like Rudy. Rudy. Oh, ooh, should I know Rudy? No. Rudy is... was a friend. Now he's... this person I live with. Oh, sorry. You don't have to be. He made his choices. Sometimes the full impact of a choice isn't clear when you're making it. We're getting off track. The radiator steam. Did it ever... sound like voices? (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah, like I said, it's a matter of listening, you know, one way or the other. And the house tells you what it needs. What does Fenwood need? To stay open, to stay full of people. Stay in the right hands. Do you know of a group called the Delphic Order? Ah, they run bingo at the community center. In your knowledge, have they ever tried to get control of the house before? Oh, sure. Back in, uh, would have been, hmm, 78? The year I died? You know that you're dead. Lung cancer. Don't smoke. How did you figure out... (laughs) Well, Grant told me when I came back. I mean, it came up. Look, I have a lot of questions for you. Do you mind if I record our conversation? Oh, go ahead. You want some coffee? That would be great. First of all. (laughs) You should take care of that. Where do they come from? (laughs) Well, customer service jobs, I tell you. Hey, for what it's worth about your friend, people leave. They leave even when they're not planning on it. If, If someone's still around... The wound's not too deep. I'd say you might want to make your peace while you can, Abby. Life is full of difficulties. Many hands make light work. How did you know my name? It's on your name tag. Ha. Right. (laughs) Thanks for the coffee. Tim, I will be right back. Hi there. My name is Abby. They, them pronouns. And I'll be your gender-neutral server today. Can I get anyone menus? Goddamn carpet. Tim is gone. I think I knew he would be. On the whole, though, this is a positive development. Now I have time to research and devise a solid list of questions, and with any luck, I'll get another night shift soon. Finally pay off for this job. Other than the literal pay I received for this job, which is 415 plus tips. Good morning, Lily. Uh, Abby? Or good afternoon, technically, but morning is half a state of mind. Why are you reading the paper? I didn't think we even got the paper. We don't. That's why. This was on our doorstep when I came back from picking up groceries. Abby, I'm sorry. Local diner temporarily closed. The, uh... Health inspector said they had 27 different violations. Lily. Yeah? The health inspector wouldn't happen to be... Chester Warren? Shit. Project Hunter is 
something. If we accept that both Tim and Wes are ghosts, and if we assume that all ghosts follow the same rules, we have no reason to believe that ghosts are bound to any particular location within Mount Absalom. Abby? Is there any coffee? What? There's a little left in the pot, I think. It's cold, though. Not a problem. I'll make more. Tim Anderson, if you can hear this, there's a cup of coffee at Fenwood House with your name on it. We'll keep it ready for you. This episode features Kathleen Hoyle as Abby, Clarissa Cherie Rios as Lily, Ellie Maitland as Sebastian Orr as Matt Young as Tim. Written by Jessica Best. Sound design by Jeffrey Nils Gardner. Music composed by Stephen Poon. Directed by Jeffrey Nils Gardner. Recording engineer, Mel Ruder. Unwell lead sound designer, Ryan Sheely. Executive producers, Eleanor Hyde and Jeffrey Nils Gardner. By Heartlife NFP. And a special thank you to our supporting producers, James Battle, Steve Diamond, Bill Gardner, Adam Goodman, Nick Keenan, and Caitlin White. Heartlife wishes to acknowledge that the land where we live, work, and tell our stories is occupied land. Unwell takes place in southern Ohio, which is the territory of the Miami people. Unwell is produced in Chicago, Illinois, which is the territory of the Peoria, the Potawatomi, and the Miami peoples. Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is I reporting. He's at the Lao Chang restaurant, Changchun, northeastern China. It's uh, spring 1997. Once it started, I'll leave him in Ming's hands. <laughs> That's a joke. Ming doesn't have hands. And what do you do exactly besides dance with strangers? I work for the postal service. <laughs> you, you're a, a postman. We're right. Miss Cloutier, what is it? It's just a bit strange. A letter for me from Hong Kong. And there's no stamp. I need stamps to write a dead person? Yep, there's a cost. How much? A pound. A pound of flesh. A pound of you. Seems like a lot. 
shot. What's that? Just hold this tube over your stomach. We all don't laugh. Ow! Yeah, this is gonna hurt. What? Nothing! The very worst thing that could possibly happen. Sara, please write back. If your letter can find me here, then I think we have a lot to talk about. Saludos. Raul. The very worst thing that could possibly happen. An audio drama in nine parts. Produced by Wolf at the Door Studios. Out now. For more information, please visit WLFDR.com.